before we get started on today, I just wanted to remind you to please leave a rating and review on the podcast app or the iTunes app if you are using an iPhone. It really helps spread the word and it helps other people find this podcast a lot easier the more good ratings and reviews we have. So if you're a fan, please, please, please take a minute and just do that. It would be so helpful. Thank you. Hi, I'm Shelby Schling, and this is Living Over Losing, unfiltered and unrestrained. Hello, welcome back to Living Over Losing with Shelby. Today, I'm so excited to have Amanda Collins, aka Alabama Valentine, as you might know her better on Instagram. Amanda is a model, creator of the Love You Journey, an influencer, and she is a badass inspiration, and I'm so excited to talk to her. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to uh, be on your podcast. Thank you. So... I guess we'll get started um, kind of how we start off every show just to give the listeners a little bit of a more of a background on you and your story. And I know you're doing all of these amazing things today, but, you know, kind of take us back, you know, as far as you as far as you'd like to how your journey was and how you kind of got to this place where where you're doing all of these great things now. Perfect. So I really started, you know, my I grew up, I'm a little bit older than, than maybe some of your listeners, but I grew up during a period of time where, where thin was the only option, or at least that's what was being portrayed. And so by age 12, I had a, an eating disorder, um, and I carried that eating disorder with me till about 17. I was bulimic, but I had some elements of um, anorexia in there as well. Um, and I, you know, I was always a taller, larger person. So I am 5'10", and my, you know, the lovely, beautiful women in my family were, um, my sister and my mom were 5'4", so I was a little bit uh, unique from that perspective as I got tall really early in life. And, and I struggled with my, I started to sort of obsess about this idea of being thin, and it took me down a really, you know, not the best road. And so um, one of the things that I discovered, um, I ended up going into recovery later in life, around age 35, 36, for um, addiction. So I went through a recovery program. And one of the things I realized is that um, uh, eating disorders and, and anxiety and depression and addiction kind of all go together. And so I was able to sort of work on this aspect of, of what I was dealing with through recovery and created the love you journey, which is, you know, this idea that we, that we should, and, and what I'm doing now is love me the way that I am today. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't still work on being the best version of myself. I think it's important to be healthy and take good care of yourself, but it's about loving who I am today in this moment and, and accepting everything about me. That's amazing. I love that. And that's like, <laughs> I think that's one of the hardest things to do. And that's something that I have to work on all the time too, is just maybe not even in the sense of body image, but just accepting myself at the moment for, yeah. for who I am. It's really, it's really hard. It is. And I think we, we, I don't know, it's something that I think a lot of us maybe aren't, are not even aware of. Right. And until you start to recognize some of the thoughts that are happening within your brain, you may not even realize some of the negative things that you're saying to yourself. You may not even realize that you are, how hard you're being on yourself. And, and once you start, once I started to recognize some of those thoughts that were occurring through 
through this program, through cognitive behavioral therapy, um, I started to be able to change how I thought about things um, and, and was able to sort of put a positive twist on, on the things that I once maybe thought negatively about. So for example, I use what I call the opposite game. And anytime I, I would come up with something in my, every, anytime I would notice something that was happening in my brain, it was a negative thought, I would force myself to reconstruct it and make it positive. So one of the things I've done that with was with stretch marks. I've had stretch marks since I was a very young girl. I grew quickly. Um, and I have them in a lot of different areas. And so for a long time, like I wouldn't show my, my chest because I have them on my chest. And so um, when, I, when I started this opposite game, one of the things that I came up with was that, you know, there's such, there was this stigma when I was growing up on stretch marks being bad and, and they're really not, they're, they're these beautiful, it's like this beautiful expression of the life that you've lived and I call them tiger stripes. And so anytime I would have a negative thought, oh, I don't want to show that part of my body because it has stretch marks, I would change it in my brain and say, no, that's ridiculous. They, I'm, and I hope it's okay to use one bad word, but, but, I'm, a, go for but it. I'm, a, I'm a badass feline and these tiger stripes are beauty marks. And, and I, I've really, truly come to love them and accept them and appreciate that they're part of my journey. I love that. It's just like changing your thought process is so, yeah, so the opposite game became really powerful for me for, for a lot of, you know, for, for changing how I was able to sort of re, you know, go from a negative to a positive mindset. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. So did you, so I know you mentioned a little bit about kind of like having anxiety and that's something I can relate to as well. And I think that I didn't realize it at the time, but I think that was a huge factor in kind of like what started my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm wondering, cause I know you said that you are, you know, sobriety sober now, how did that, like, did you struggle with an eating disorder? And then, cause I know, and I struggle with this right now too, not necessarily with any substance, but just kind of like, it's almost like once you get over one thing, it's, you still are, you still have the anxiety. So it's easier to, put that on something else or, you know, what I mask it with something. So I'm wondering if that's kind of, kind of a similar situation that happened with you with all of that or. Yes. So for me, and I hope it's not breaking up because it's breaking up a tiny bit on my side, but I'm going to go, I'm just going to run with it. Okay. Um, for me, anxiety had a huge, was a huge factor in my addiction because I was self-medicating. So I was trying to make the anxiety go away through different, you know, through means that were, were not um, in, in, in not the best ways, right? So over drinking, um, uh, opiate uh, use, things like that. So I, I knew that I had anxiety. I knew that I sort of had this issue and I was trying to manage it on my own, which <laughs> really set me down a dark a dark path because I also have um, uh, depression. So when you use substances, a lot of times that actually can make your depression worse. And so I was trying to manage something and, the, and really it just got out of control. And so I ended up going on appropriate medication for depression, for anxiety, for, um, and, the, and then there were some other factors. Like I have pretty, like I have some allergies that were causing me some challenges. So I take Claritin every day. I take Advil. Um, for some of the pain issues that I have and being being on appropriate medication with a doctor being you know going through counseling starting to identify some of the things that cause me anxiety and then and then learning new life skills new tools to manage the anxiety on my own 
was so powerful for me, it really became life-changing. So I've been sober almost four years, um, but the part of sobriety that's been, yes, it's the fact of not having any of those substances in your life was very powerful in and of itself, but the part that really made the big change was this program that I went through and, and the idea of being able to have these other tools that I use to manage the anxiety. Um, yeah. One of the things that I tell myself, um, and I got this from a time in Santa Barbara, but she said, you know, you can put this golden glitter bubble around you and that will protect you from, from any negativity. And it sounds a little cliche, but I, but for me, my anxiety got so bad at certain points in time, that was the only thing I could come up with was I have to remind myself, I've got this beautiful golden glitter bubble around me and nobody can touch me. Nobody can hurt me. Um, I am golden. I am strong and I am fierce. And so that's sort of what, where I went to coming up with other tools that you can use to manage anxiety. And then also just being, I, I'm on medication for depression, anxiety, and um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in um, taking appropriate care of yourself. And sometimes that's, that's what's needed. Yeah, I love that. And it's I love nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to, you know, I share it not because, I share it because I want other people to know that it's absolutely okay um, to be on medication for your brain, right? Yeah. We People take medication for diabetes. People take medication for other health ailments. We should be just, it should be the same exact thing for when you're taking care of your brain. Because it is, for a lot of us, for me, it's chemical imbalance. If I can get that, that balance and control, I'm, I'm very successful at life. Oh, and yeah. there's nothing to be ashamed of about, about getting help and, and utilizing the tools that are out there to be the best version of yourself. Yes, I definitely agree. I think it's, it's kind of sad because mental health, at least in our society, has, it's just, it kind of has a negative outlook or a negative connotation if there's something wrong with, with your mental health, whereas your physical health, like you mentioned, diabetes or whatever it may be, seems to be more talked about and more accepted as far as medication goes. So I, I love that you say that and share that because it's important to let people know it shouldn't be something that you have to hide. Yeah. I think that's something that's, that's super important because mental health has like such a negative view and a negative connotation in our society. Whereas physical health, like you said, diabetes or whatever it may be, taking medication for that is crucial. But for some reason it seems like people are, um, you know, maybe embarrassed to say if they take medication for anything mental health related. So I love that you share that. I think that's really important. Yeah, thank you. I I do too. And I want to, um, there's so many things, you know, when I started my Instagram page, it really was just for me. I was trying to, uh, I had gotten up to almost 300 pounds and um, decided to do what I, what some might call just a boudoir photo shoot to fall back in love with myself at that size. And to, to remind myself that I could be sexy at any size, it's really a mindset versus it being, you know, there was a beautiful girl that I adored that I worked with and we were talking about doing this shoot with a friend of ours who was the photographer and she said, no, I'm going to do it when I, when I get to this size or whatever. And I was, and I thought about it and I thought, God, I see, I look at you and you're just so absolutely perfect, you know? Um, and yet she sort of wasn't going to do this one thing that was going to be really fun based on, on that. And so I took that on as sort of a challenge for myself to, 
um, start doing the things that I wanted to do and that I love to do now and not wait till some other thing happened or whatever that I got to some certain size or, or whatever. So I just started to sort of create this, this, um, a list of things that I wanted to do, and, and I've done a lot of them. Um, but, but with that, it, I realized that I had a stigma regarding taking me- medication for my anxiety. And it took me going through counseling and me talking with the doctor about why it's so important. And that helped me to understand that this is no different than a physical health challenge that some might have. It's no different than that. And we, as, as a, um, a person that's trying to live my best life now, I need that medication to be at my best and to be my most healthy. Um, and so, and to do these things that are on my list that I want to do. And so um, it is so important, and I, I really hope more people start to talk about it because we have an epidemic. We have a couple epidemics, in my opinion, that are happening right now. Um, one is uh, the abuse of opiates. It's, it's severe, and it's scary, and the people don't realize when they start down that road how, how um, difficult it is to get off of some of those medications. Um, and then the other part is we have this, this uh, epidemic of, of, and this increased rate in suicide. And I, I really think that, it, this, that mental health really needs to be something that's in the forefront of the things that we're talking about right now. Because so many people um, really need to, to connect with it and, and possibly consider you know, seeing somebody about it um, before it's too late and before you, before you've, you've sort of um, been traumatized by it for a significant period of time, which is kind of how it, how it feel, it felt to me. Um, so yeah, it's very important. And I'm hoping that if people like me get out there and talk about it and share it and, and explain that how important it is for our, for our overall health. Um, that maybe we can remove that stigma and start to get, you know, really get in there and, and talk about it. I agree 100%. And I think, like, I definitely agree with both of those, with both of those epidemics right now. And with a suicide epidemic, there's been, there's been well-known people recently, lots of them that, that this is happening to. And right. I think that really goes to show that one, people feel like, there's a stigma and they don't want to get help, especially maybe people that are in the, in the limelight, like celebrities. Right. And two, it, it can happen to anyone. It doesn't have to be, you don't really necessarily have to have some huge traumatizing event right. to have something wrong with your mental health. I mean, a lot of the people that have issues are people that you might never think would have issues and that you would wish that you had their life, but you really can't tell anything from the outside about how someone feels inside. and it's scary. It's really scary. And it's really scary that people feel like they can't get help for that because they'll be labeled as weird or people will see them differently. And it's, I mean, it's really, really sad. So I know that a lot of people are talking about it now and I think it, I definitely think it's gotten better, but there's still so much work to do with, with mental health. Right. I agree. And I appreciate anybody that's out there talking about it because I'm hoping that it can help to save some lives. Um, but we need, we need more. We need more of it. And I have to, you know, I go back to when I, 
when I went into recovery, I had been in finance for about 10 years. And the thought for me of going into recovery, I felt like my life would be over because everybody would know, um, how was I going to ever get another job? You know, you have these fears that, that sort of set you, keep you in this, in this sickness, if you will, or in this addiction, which is what it was for me. I was so afraid of what might happen. Um, and what I, what, what turned out to happen was it's one, it saved my life Two, it let me live again. So I got to be, I got to get out of the darkness and live again. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that when you get help that everything's perfect because God, it's not, but it's amazing. And recovery gets better every single month of recovery, every single six months, every single year, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And I, I wouldn't have known back then that now I'm living my dream and I have this beautiful life. Um, and so those fears that can hold us back, um, we really have to sort of, at some level, you just kind of have to commit to getting better. And that has to be your sole goal at that point. And the rest of it really starts to fall into place as you, as you get better and healthier and, um, and, and start to take better care of yourself, which is how it, at least how it happened for me. And I wouldn't have this amazing, beautiful life had I not sort of faced those fears and faced those realities um, and, and, and went ahead and just kind of went for it <laughs> and decided to try to get better, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's almost like that cliche saying, but nothing worth having is, is easy. And right. like, I mean, you could either be numb and right. numb yourself to feelings and problems because problems come up every single day and some are worse than others. And some, you know, things happen, like life happens and things go wrong and you can either ignore that, which eventually, I mean, for me, I tried to do that and it didn't right. it backfired and I was just True. super unhealthy and just not really living my life. Um, or you can kind of, go through like a shitty time and, and to learn how to deal with it better. And I agree with you that on the other side of that, it is much better. And of course there's days that aren't good, but there's, right. but you are much better equipped to deal with things in life once you learn how and like go through the process. And of course that, I mean, that's very hard, but I just, it's so worth it. It it's is so worth it at the end. You know, it's just so worth it. Yeah, because I remember feeling like, I don't know, I just remember getting to a point where I was like, is this life? <laughs> is this what right. life feels like? Because I don't even feel anything. Anything. And it was the, everything. It was just, I had, you know, and, and in going into it, I, I, the, you know, the numbing aspect of it was, was a real draw for me at that point, emotionally. And, but what happens is that the more you try to stuff into that jar, and not deal with and not um, handle and not process on a daily basis. The more you numb, the more you step into that jar, the heavier it gets. And so you're carrying this, you know, what started maybe as a little, you know, a little baggy or a little um, jar full of these emotions becomes this huge suitcase that you're carrying around with you everywhere you go. And there's no room for one more thing. So I found that I was starting to just have these little mini breakdowns because there was no room for anything else. I had stuffed every emotion I'd ever had 
into what ended up being this heavy concrete suitcase. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was exhausting. It's exhausting to, to sort of live in that reality. And so as I went through recovery, as I went through counseling, I was able to sort of start to process those things that were from so many years ago. Um, and as I, each one got processed and I dealt with and then forgave me or forgave the person or forgave the event or, for, you know, as I started to sort of really work with and understand a little bit better about how these things had affected my life. Um, I was able to release them. We actually did a, um, we did a thing where you write down whatever the thing is and then you very safely, (laughs) um, burn it (laughs) or you, 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 you send it out into the ocean. You know, you do something that, that allows you to, to mentally and physically and emotionally release that, that emotion or that memory or that experience. And then, and then what happens as you continue to do that, as I continued to do that, I started to make room for some more good stuff that could, that could come in and fill those spaces. Um, but, but it's, you know, again, so in the beginning I thought, okay, this is going to help me because I'm going to be numb and I have to feel all these emotions that I always feel, but it ended up being really the worst thing I could have possibly done for myself because you, they don't go away. You might Mm-mm. numb them for a little while, but they don't go away. And then what happens is they accumulate. And then, every, and then at some point, the suitcase busts open and your life falls apart. At least that's how it happened for me. I was like, I had sort of carried this stupid suitcase with me all these years, all these years. And then one day it just bust open and I, I had to deal with it. I didn't have a choice. I literally hit mm-hmm. rock bottom and wasn't going to survive. I wasn't going to make it if I didn't do something to help myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where recovery I, came in. So, yeah. And it's, it's crazy too. Cause I, it's crazy because when you're in that space of like stuffing thing and stuffing things away, it's almost like you have no way to have a clear picture of what's actually going on in your life. And I remember when I started going through this process and this journey, I was like, you know, I thought on the sur you just, you think, you see things on the surface. And so I saw that maybe I was like, Oh, I really want to be this size. And that's the whole issue of everything. And that's the right. only thing that matters. But then you realize that there's so many other things that you didn't even know were wrong that mm. are wrong and that you need to fix and focus on. And it totally clouds your ability to even see things clear clearly because you can't I mean that's the purpose of it it's a coping mechanism basically right. Right. you don't have to see those things but it's not a good coping mechanism because right. it doesn't work right exactly exactly and yeah, the thing too is there is something about inner when you start to work on your inner self and sort of um sort of release the outer self all of the the things we think about it whether it's positive or negative but if you start to focus on your inner self and start to really, really work on what I call the inner glow. Something happens. It's like this shift that occurs in our inner being. And all of a sudden, you are, it's like, for me, it was like, I don't know, night and day. I just, as I started to work on my inner self, my outer self became more of what I'd wanted it to be. Um, mm-hmm. and I didn't even have to really try all that hard at that point. Cause I was doing what I needed to do to be mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy. And that mm-hmm. started to change my confidence. It started to change my self-esteem and it started to, um, 
positively affect my interactions with other people, which you feed off of. When you have a positive interaction with somebody, you get something from that too. Like you give them something, you get something. It's like this elevator, right? You're elevating each other into this next level. And I, I started to really, truly experience that. And it became so much less about what my body actually looked like and more about having confidence, walking with purpose, um, smiling as much as I could, not because I'm I, not as a fake thing, but just, I feel like I get positive. Um, you know, it's just a good, it makes me feel good to be able to smile at somebody and hopefully help them on their journey too. Um, and so as I started to sort of focus on these things, on being positive, on, on smiling whenever, as much as I could, you know, even on the hardest days, that's sort of my, one of my tools is when I'm just struggling the most, I try to help somebody else smile um, because that's where I feel like I get, um, I remember that it's going to be okay again. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. we're here for different reasons. Sometimes we're here just to help somebody else's day get a little bit better. So when I'm having my worst days, I try to help somebody else. You can call it selfish, you can call it whatever you want, but, but it's a way for me to get back to why I'm here. It's about gratitude. It's about the positive interactions you have with people. It's about giving back for me. And, uh, and so that's sort of one of the tools that I've learned to use. When I'm really struggling, I try to give. When I'm really struggling, I try to make somebody else's day better or make someone laugh or make someone, you know, feel good. And in, mm -hmm. turn, I, and in turn, I start to remember, okay, you have a purpose here. You're here for a reason, you know. And so, and that's sort of the, that's what grounds me back into you're going to get through this day. And sometimes I just have to go to sleep. I, I um, you know, and, and know that the sun will come out tomorrow and I can start again. You know, it, it's not, it doesn't have, every day is not, you know, every, it, we have our, I have rough days. I'm, I'm a human being. Um, and so, but I, but I have learned how to cope with those better um, and, and, and use the tools that I've, that I've learned to, to kind of get through those days. And we will, you know, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I agree with that because I think uh, it's hard when they're in the moment, but maybe if you're having a bad day or if something bad is happening or if you're having a bad feeling, but emotions aren't permanent, right? Like they right. always change and it will yes. always get better. If it feels like it's not going to, it's not something that's going to last forever. And like you right. said, sometimes you just have to go to bed and try again right. the next day and, and yeah. so you might... Yeah, it's just, it's a temporary thing. And I like to think of it as a screenshot. So I have moments where I'm, I'm in my car, I've got my music on, I really use music for therapy for me. It's a big, it's a big part of my, how I, get, how I stay so positive. I, I really connect with music, it's just kind of my thing. Um, but I, I have moments sometimes where I'm in my car and I got, you know, my favorite song comes on the radio and I've got the windows down and it just, you know, it's nice and cool out, but it's just a beautiful sunny day. And I have these moments where I'm like, God, this is good. You know, I'm so thankful to be sober. I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so excited about my journey. And I try to take a screenshot of that emotion, if you will. And mm -hmm. because on the days like what happened to me a couple days ago where I had a real, I was just super disappointed. I, and um, I had had kind of a, I had really wanted something and it didn't come to fruition and, and I was super disappointed and I was kind of struggling. I had to remind myself of that screenshot. That day will come back. 
emotions are up and down, right? Um, the goal for me is I want to get those up and down. I want to make those up and downs as, as sort of um, neutral. I don't want the big ups and the big downs, you know, because that's kind of how it used to be. Um, I want to sort of be able to, to keep, but, but, you know, I try to keep them sort of in the middle, middle range, if you will. Um, but I, when, mm-hmm. I, when I do have a really big down, I try to remember that moment in my car, that screenshot, that, that reminder that is, it's going to be good again. It's going to feel that good again. I just have to wait it out. And, I agree. and, it, and it does. It, it eventually does. And I've proven that to myself over the last four years. Um, and, and so now, because of that proof, because of those experiences, um, I now know and can remind myself that it's going to be good again and to hang in there. Yeah. And to stay strong. So, yeah, just got to keep, sometimes you just got to keep telling yourself that it will get better and just trust yeah. that it will and, and go through it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And you might be going through it for a purpose you don't even know yet. So you might meet somebody down the road that you're going to influence in some way, shape or form because of the day that you are having today. And, mm-hmm. and you might connect with somebody who ends up being a friend for life or ends up being somebody that you work with or, you know, but you have to have that experience in order to be able to relate to what they're going through. So I feel like there's all these different, you know, universe things around it as well. So if you can kind of focus on in the moment, like, okay, this is a lesson day. This is a learning day. This is a growing day. That's kind of how I think of it. Um, growing pains, yeah, if you will. True. This is a growing day. It's a lesson day. And, and, and I'm, I'm learning this for a reason. And tomorrow it's going to be good again. Or, you know, a couple of days down the road, we're going to, you know, it's going to brighten up again. And, uh, so and that's kind of, yeah. So that's kind of how I've, I've learned to process that, that aspect of, of my mental health. Well, I love that. I love all of that. I think it's amazing. And it's very, I mean, it's very refreshing to hear, to hear someone say that. And I, I love that, that you, I mean, of course, like you said, not everything is perfect, but you, you can get through things and, and kind of twist things that are really bad around to maybe have something positive, a positive affirmation in the future. Absolutely. So that I love that. I do but too. I do also want to touch on, which is, this is totally changing gears, but I know yep. that you model yes. um, and I want to talk about that because I think that's so amazing and awesome. And I love like the modeling movement right now with all different shapes, sizes, everything is accepted. No, maybe not as much as we'd hope and <laughs> hope for in the future, but there is a huge movement right now of just acceptance and it is amazing. So I would love to hear your like experience and how you got into that. Absolutely. So I, again, I, I modeled some as a youth, um, and I loved it, but I, I talked myself out of it at some level because again, I was never a stick thin. It just wasn't my body type. It wasn't ever going to be. <laughs> um, and so I kind of talked myself out of it and, and, and I take responsibility for that now, but it, but I really didn't fit into the trend at that point. Um, so I did some modeling and, and I also played division one volleyball. So I was very focused on that. And, and, and then I went into finance and so, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I got to, um, about age 35, 36 and I decided or realized how much I missed being in front of a camera and how much I missed that creative outlet that I had had, even through volleyball, some of that, you know, you're in front of people, you're, um, that, you know, you're, you're being videoed from the game perspective, you know, so there's a, there, even from that perspective, I, I got some of that, um, through volleyball. Um, but I really got to the point where I, I started to recognize how much I missed 
uh, modeling and being in front of a camera and photography and um, fashion. And it, this was about four or five years ago. So this is sort of a real, right at that turning point um, where it was starting to shift, that major shift was starting to happen. Now it started earlier than that with Anna Nicole Smith and Lane Bryant. They've been around for a really long time. Um, and I, I kind of, she was one of the people that I, I looked to at some level because she was more my, my size. Um, but um, about five years ago, that shift really started to happen. And, and uh, um, I had met Tess Holliday um, about five years ago at a makeup and hair and makeup course in Los Angeles. And I didn't at that point know who she was. I just was kind of fascinated by her. Um, and a friend of mine told me that she was a model, a plus size model. And I was like, that exists? Like, that's a thing? Because I could totally do that. <laughs> I was made for that. Like, oh my gosh. Like, and I got really excited about it. And at this point, again, I was, you know, up where I was probably 300, 290, 300 pounds at that point. And so I started to really get excited about this idea of there being all different types, like all different sizes um, in the modeling field and acting and on the runway, things like that. And so I, um, again, I had a friend who did some um, sort of real fun pinup style vintage uh, boudoir photography. So we set up a time, we did a photo shoot, and I fell in love with the modeling process again for the second time. Like I really realized this is what I was meant to do with my life. I mean, it was, it was this bright light, this huge notification, if you will, that this was what I was supposed to do. Now I was still, I had a lot of work to do between then and where I'm at now, emotionally, physically, psychologically, all that. But it was one of the catalysts to how, why I wanted to get sober so badly, because I fell in love with being a plus size model and the idea of what that could mean. And, and so it's just so awesome. I mean, here I am all these years later, almost five years later from that point, And I walked the runway two days ago. I think it was two days ago. Um, and I'm, I, you know, the woman's, the, she's an amazing designer in her, um, she likes to include what she calls more to love models, more the number two and then love, more to love. Um, so she had every size represented. She had all different ages. She had all different, you know, races, all different skin tones, all different sizes, all different heights, male and female. I mean, it was just this beautiful collection of, mm -hmm. of talent, talent, right? Not specific to, to any size or height or this or that or the other. It was just, they were just talented people that had come together and we knocked it out of the park. It was the, one of the best runway shows I've ever been a part of. And I, it's just such a beautiful thing. And it's so inspiring um, for me even to just have this outlet and to be able to be one of the individuals that's sort of helping to make the change. Because um, this change is so needed. Um, and so anyway, I, so, so yeah, so body positivity is huge in my life. I'm a huge supporter of all sizes are beautiful. And I want so badly for the industry to continue to grow from that perspective. I want to, I want to see all types of people um, in our commercials in you know, on the runway in advertising, in our movies, that kind of thing. And, and I would love to see, you know, women um, playing strong roles, playing lead roles, producing, directing, 
you know, cause we are amazing. And, and I'm just, I'm just so excited about what's to come. I, I really feel this transition that's happening in our society. And of course to be, you know, there's always room, there's always setbacks. There are always things that's like, Oh, I wish that had come along a little bit faster, except, you know, but, but I do feel this sort of female empowerment, this idea that I promote that is we're stronger together, lift each other up, um, support your friends, go to their events, be, be positive in their dreams. Tell, you know, let them know that they can happen. Um, Mm-hmm. and be there for them during the process, you know? So this idea that the, you know, I think there's sometimes the fear like, oh, if I help her, she might get there faster than me. I just don't believe that. I believe that if we support one another, we're all going to get there faster. We're all going to get to where we want to be. Um, and it's going to be bigger than we ever dreamed. I definitely agree. And I love the movement right now with not just inclusivity, but just like women power and, yes. and feminism. It's like, it's amazing. And I, um, I mean, it is amazing. So we, we actually just found out on before this phone call that we are with the same agency, but on different coasts. And that's right. awesome because we have totally different body types. Right. And we are with the same agency, both doing this, like our own thing. It's everyone supporting everyone. It's, it's just amazing. But, and I totally agree with you. I think that's something that really needs to be overcome, especially with women, is the fear of helping other women might hinder you. Right. Um, and I can admit that I have felt like that before. Maybe, sure. or maybe I felt jealous or whatever of someone else right. in life. But that kind of goes with everything else. Like those negative feelings and emotions do nothing to help yourself sure. or anyone right. else. And you just, the more that you can give, like the more that you get. I really, really think so. I really think that's true. I, I think totally, I totally believe that. And I also will say, um, comparison can be the thief of happiness. And mm-hmm. I heard that along the way, and it was this light bulb for me. I, um, you know, because we're all at different points in our journey. We don't know how hard somebody's had to work to get to where they are, right? Um, and so, if we compare, try to compare ourselves to someone else, we really are in a lot, a lot of times, going to that negative space in our brain, and it's a, the thief of our joy, or it steals our happiness for that moment because we are comparing ourselves um, in a way that sends us kind of to a negative thought process. So, I really, it's one of the biggest things I try to. Um, I have to kind of manage or keep in check, uh, if you will, is I, I have to be very careful with, um, when I'm sort of checking somebody else on Instagram or, or whatever, um, I have, and I, if I start to have that feeling like, you know, where, oh, how did they get there so fast or this, or whatever it is, you know, cause we all have our things. Um, I really have to put that particular emotion in check. I recognize that I'm having the emotion or the feeling. And then I remind myself that comparison will steal your happiness. And, and I'm mm-hmm. doing great. I'm, I have to remind myself that I'm on my own journey. I'm doing the very best that I can. I've got all positive things to offer. And it's going to happen for me too. And that's how I deal with sort of that, that aspect of my personality. Um, and it's just helped me to have the, that phrase and that reminder that that's not going to help me get to where I want to be to have right. having that negative can, emotion. Yeah. I think you can drive yourself crazy. crazy. Like if, totally. if you're in that, if you're in that space and you're constantly comparing, yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, I've been in that space and it is sure. 
we all have you mentally unstable like you, no we you can't we do really anything you can't focus no no I agreed we all been there and I'm so it's so great to um, be able to have sort of a to, to sort of recognize that oh shoot that's what I'm doing <laughs> you know and then be able to turn it off for me it's like okay I gotta I gotta switch my thinking or do something else for a minute and just you know just change the channel um, for a second yeah. and, and not yeah. go down and that, that road easier. so far. That becomes easier as time goes on too. It really does. It does. You, I've gotten so much better at it. It's like a lot of this stuff with the coping skills or the life skills. The more you practice them, the easier, the better you get at them. It's like anything else. It's like if you go to the gym and you work on a certain muscle, you go to the gym and you, you know, you're doing the leg press. If you do that every day or you do that every other day or, or whenever you're, you know, whatever's healthy for your situation, you get stronger and, and it's not as hard. Um, it's the same thing for me with some of this um, emotional stuff or these um, life tools or, or mindset uh, components. I have to practice every day, every other day. When they come up, I have to use my tools. And as I do, it gets easier. It's kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. It is. Wow. It's like a, your brain. It's like it's like training your brain. Absolutely. Um, so rather than your legs. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. It, it definitely, definitely works. It's like anything else. It's true. Ab it's so true. Abs absolutely. Oh, awesome. Well, before we end, I do want to ask you, um, kind of like what you have going on, where people can find you, you know, all that stuff, so that the listeners can interact with you, get in touch with you, if you have any. I know that you have, you know. A couple things going on so just if you want to touch on that a little bit sure um so i i didn't really speak of it uh earlier speak to it earlier but i do work for fabu plus magazine f-a-b the letter u p-l-u-s fabu plus and they are a body positive magazine focusing on lifestyle health and fitness they use all size models and i i do a lot of their behind the scenes stories on their instagram page so you can uh sometimes you can find me there um and then i um, I have Instagram, which is Alabama Valentine. Um, I have some really fun stuff coming up. I've got some, uh, I work with a brand called, uh, the, it's the letter J, the letter L and then intimates, J L intimates. Um, I work for Ro I work with Rose gal, which is R O S E G A L. I work with fresh peaches swimwear or fresh peaches bikinis. Um, and I'm just trying to get out there and, uh, be, sort of um, sexy in my own skin and loving who I am today. Um, and then, uh, so where else can you find me? My email is alabamavalentine at gmail.com. And then my agency, as we sort of talked about very briefly, um, is Naturally Fit Agency LA. Uh, that's their Instagram, Naturally Fit Agency LA. And my, um, my agent is Edith, so you can direct message them. Um, or you can email me and I can provide you with the contact info. Awesome. I love it. I love yeah. everything that you're doing. Thank I love you. that you're getting out there, feeling sexy, being confident, even days when you're not confident, you're right. still doing it. Thank I you. Love it. The I world needs so more good. of you. Thank you. So you thank too. You so much. You too. <laughs> you're you. so, so amazing. To you. And thank you thank for you. taking the time to talk with me. I really do appreciate it. I love what you're doing. So Hope to get to work with you again doing. soon. <laughs> yeah, thank you.